ESPN Central Texas. John Mashoda joining us now from The Athletic. He has been at the Combine. All those interviews are happening. Boy, the workouts will start up. This is a fun time at the Combine. John, how are you holding up? The early days, I mean, you got Steven right out of the chute. Steven, I tell you what, those glasses really pop on ESPN, on national TV, those silver um, frames that he has. I kind of like that. In fact, I might go that direction. Um, how'd that work out for you? You get to town and you got Steven almost right off the bat. Was that pretty good timing? Yeah, it was. Um, I'm going to make sure I, I'm going to tell him when I see him later on, either today or tomorrow that you said that I'm going to make sure yeah. that he knows that you are a big fan of the glasses. Um, I didn't notice it though. I didn't even think about that when now that you say that. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, so I got in on uh, Sunday night because on Monday, uh, all day Monday, we have like meetings. With, it's the one time out of the year where all the athletic writers are ooh, in the same ooh. spot. So it was good. It was good. You know, met with a bunch of people that I don't really get to see very often. And so they gave us, sometimes Stephen talks on Monday, um, but they uh, we got them in a group setting. I believe that was Tuesday. I don't know. These days run in together. You know how it goes. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, it was good. I mean, got them for about 25 minutes. Um Nothing really earth-shattering, you know. Yeah. To me, it, the thing I keep going back to is just this whole Jerry at the Senior Bowl saying, you know, we're going to be all in. And I just – the more people you talk to, the more you hear. It just sounds like this is just – that is Jerry's way of thinking that – or saying something that it's not really going to be the way everybody would expect all in. You know, all in to me and to you is probably, you know, what the Bucks did in 2020 or the Rams in 2021 or the Correct. Eagles two years ago or the Niners this past year where everybody knows, oh, yeah, that team went all in. You can tell by these moves, even as the season goes on. You know, Niners aren't happy. They're the best team in the NFC, but they're still trading for Randy Gregory. They're still trading for Chase Young. I don't get the sense that the Cowboys are going to be doing that type of activity. All right. Did the Athletic, did anybody say, hey, what's Mosley up to? Is Mosley available did that come up in any of the conversations? I have to think that it did at some point, and there was there was some chatter like, "Is Mosley back on the? Is he available as a writer? Did it, was there any discussion around that?" Yeah, yeah. I was I was nervous. I was like, I don't like all this talk. Like, I just, my job secure. <laughs> Do I need to be worried about this? Um, but yeah, of course, uh, nothing but positive things to say about yeah. your work. Exactly. I would I would hope so. Love a good athletic uh, group uh, hug that takes place there, and you get to catch up with all those folks. Hope you saw some longtime pals. I saw Dan Quinn was uh, was being interviewed, and that had to be kind of interesting to you're so used to interviewing him as the defense coordinator, and, and yet that's what was at, he was asked. Hey, what happened against the Packers? That's got to be kind of funny for him to be, have, be this new head coach, have people kind of excited about him. And then, uh, and then he's asked, like, "Hey, Dan, um, why weren't you able to stop the? Why were the Packers able to pass all over you guys and everything? What was Dan's um, sort of demeanor? And when that was asked, and it seemed like he was pretty willing to engage in that. And uh, and what do you think about his uh, his explanation? In fact, yeah, I mean, I, his explanation wasn't any different than to me." how he sounded during the season after they had that head scratching loss up in Arizona or the, um, the loss to the Niners where they just didn't play anything like the team that we've seen all season or really that loss in Buffalo where the defense just played poorly and that game against the Packers was very similar to all those. And so he didn't really give you a lot there. 
Um, but at no point during that, whatever it was, 10 minutes, where the group around him, I felt like, was split right down the middle, half writers that cover the Commanders, half that cover the Cowboys. And I think that maybe most fans get it. I don't know, but I think a lot of fans think that we can just we, – it's the access of the 80s or something where we just get these guys whenever we want, and it's just not really like that anymore in the NFL. And so Dan was ready for it, you know, and it wasn't just the one question about what happened there. I mean, he got a question about – you know, what's missing from the Cowboys, you know, mm-hmm. to finally get over the hump. But why would he give you an honest answer? I mean, he's about to be in their division and coaching against them. So I knew that that wouldn't give up much. But, I mean, he asked, was asked multiple questions about Micah Parsons and that. And so uh, he never seemed like he was surprised by it. I, I felt like he knew uh, what was coming. Um, so and, and he is really very media savvy. And if he wasn't coaching, I do think he would be – on TV or, or doing something involved with it because uh, there's just, I don't know, the times that I've covered him, I've never seen him really that rattled about anything. He usually handles uh, media pretty well, but no, he didn't, he wasn't surprised by that at all that he was asked about. But it, like I said, it just, it didn't give you like an answer where, Oh, Hey, this is a thing that was missing. This is what they have to do. You know, he didn't say anything like that. He just said that it was one of those type of performances that leaves scars because you just, it's not so uncharacteristic of what we had been that you just don't, not what you were expecting and from all I've been able to gather from that is I think that you know the coaches will say that maybe some players are trying to do a little too much uh you know to try and make a big play or make something happen and then it obviously steamrolled and got out of con- control but I thought we've seen that maybe a few too many times last year anyway and it wasn't just that Packers game so Mike Zimmer and Mike McCarthy are back working on things will Mike get out there to do any media or will he not even what's the uh, what's the situation with mike i know uh, he was staying behind i feel like the last time he did this he did show up to do a little media and then he headed out of town um what are you kind of hearing about that what do you think about this everybody on a one-year contract type situation i mean it's it is kind of interesting if zimmer if that truly is the deal i i, I mean if he had somebody else interested in him i don't know why he would have taken i mean obviously he loves the cowboys but I don't know why he would have taken a one-year deal if there were other things on the table. It's uh, it's it is kind of an interesting way to do business. Um, what do you what do you make of all that? So yeah, we're not getting Mike out here, but um, the PR staff did set up a, a lunch with the writers that uh, come out here. Uh, so probably like five or six of us. We did have lunch with Mike on Friday, last Friday at the Star. Um, to just talk about things. None of it was on the record, but just kind of where things stood uh, in a lot of different areas. And so we had had that in the past here um, in Indy. We would get here and we would have, after Mike would go on the podium, uh, a group of writers, the local writers that cover the team, we'd go out to lunch with them. And so, um, you know, really what he explained to us is just the way that the combine has changed, as you know, like they used to do a lot of these workouts and things earlier in the morning, but it became, obviously the NFL keeps growing and the popularity of it and, and the importance of it on TV. They moved a lot of this workout stuff till the nighttime and, and more for the TV side of it. And there's just parts in the day where there's a lot of stuff spread out. And so he, he feels like him and Mike Zimmer can get a lot done, a lot more done being at the star and then still jumping in on, on zoom calls or in, uh, with the players when they do have the individual player interviews. So, it, it's tough for me to sit there and dissect it like, wow, this is so crazy, and he must know that he's on the hot seat. That's why he's not coming out here. And it's like, no, it's just kind of the way the combine goes. Every year I've come out here for the last decade, there's 
every year there's less and less coaches that come to this thing. So, mm. uh, and I think it's because of that, because they feel like they can get more done um, back at their place. But uh, the one-year contract thing, I guess, yeah, for the financially, the stability of it, I, I, I get where that might be uh, tough for Zimmer to, or, and he probably wanted more than that. I, don't get me wrong, but even if he signed a two, three-year deal, if this doesn't work out with Mike McCarthy this year, it's not like they're just going to go, you know, oh, well, we're going to keep most of the staff and we're just going to have a new head coach. Like, I understand that they kept Kellen Moore from the previous staff with Mike McCarthy, but I don't get the sense that that's going to happen here. If yeah. this doesn't work out this year, I think they're going in a completely new direction where the whole coaching staff will be switched out. I just thought out of respect you would give him a two-year deal, um, but I think Jerry kind of likes the thought of everybody being on a one-year where is uh, where do you see this DAC thing going? We're starting to see the parameters of what a deal would look like. It's going to be huge money, going to be an extension. How quickly do you expect that to uh, to play out? Because Stephen admitted, yeah, we're going to get something done. We I mean we're not going to move on from DAC or anything like that. What um, what's the timeline? Do you think look like on something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, ideally, they'd like to get something done soon before free agency starts, so that they'll mm-hmm. have that extra wiggle room against the cap to, to be able to do, you know, take care of even more things, whether that be getting a DAC contract done or CD lamb uh, to help out and add to the whatever 30 million that's been added uh, to the cap for next season so that they can have even more to make more moves. But it doesn't sound like there's a lot of movement there. And so because of that, and we've seen how his last contract went, there's no reason to expect like it's on the cusp of happening. Yeah. I, I just feel the same way as I did four years ago, whenever the last deal uh, got done. I just never. It, I would be very surprised if Dak Prescott isn't still the Cowboys' quarterback. Whatever, two, three, four years from now, I don't see them. I don't see the front office ownership w- wanting to put themselves in a position where they have this major question mark at quarterback. I just don't see it happening. I, I think they're comfortable with Dak. They know that he obviously has to win in the playoffs. That's the thing that's missing. But I think they weigh so much of how much worse it can be. You know, instead of winning, you know, 12 games in three years in a row, you might go back to 5-11, 5-11, 5-11, and you know, and, and they don't want that either. And so just the way that they've done business, I just don't see them going away from Dak. And, hey, the longer he waits this out, all it's going to be is more money for him. The more, you know, you get more of these quarterbacks sign other contracts, the, the price is going to keep going up. And, I mean, right now uh, he signs a new deal. He's not making any less than $50 million a year, and, and it's probably going to approach $60 million. So, uh, at the longer they wait, the more the higher it's going to go up. But it's not like just the Cowboys waiting. Obviously, you know it's, I don't see Dak and, and his representatives giving in. They're going to want to make him the highest paid because he's the next quarterback in line. So it's a difficult it's a difficult discussion. I think it'd be a lot easier for them if they were coming off of making it to the NFC Championship game. But um, bottom line is, I just don't see the Cowboys going out on the field anytime in the next three, four years without Dak Prescott as their quarterback. However it takes to get done, whatever he's going to get paid, I just don't see them going in a different direction. John Mishota from The Athletic on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. What jumped out at you the most of that NFLPA uh, survey? Uh, the Cowboys getting poor remarks or poor grades, the players in the training room, was a little tough because we know those athletic trainers so well and we think so highly of them. I think what they're saying is they're kind of understaffed in there. Maybe they would like more staffing, but that was kind of interesting uh, to see such low marks. That was the lowest marks for the Cowboys. Was there 
was their training staff. And then to see the Chiefs have <laughs> the worst owner. I mean, I thought that is – the commanders were worse, as always, right? They're the worst team, and they get Fs almost all the way across the board. I thought that was interesting. Clark Hunt of the Chiefs. I mean, it's a dynasty, and, and he got an F for ownership because I think he promised them a locker room once they, when they won the Super Bowl and he didn't make it happen. Um, it is interesting, isn't it? It, it kind of brings – it let, lets us know, like, what players value. Like, some of the things we may think they value, it's a little different, isn't it? No question. When you, when you said what stood out to you most in that survey – I mean, normally when I look at something like that, I'm always going to go right to Cowboys, and I did. Yeah. And the training staff thing did jump out, but it pales in comparison to. I was I was just blown away. I was talking to our Chiefs writer about it today. Like I was like, is it really that bad? And he's like, yeah, man, it's it's dropped off big time. It's not even. He was saying there might be only like one or two other uh, facilities there, probably even in the conversation that they're clearly on that level. And I mean, I've been to Kansas City for games, but I don't really know what their practice facilities look like. I guess I'm just an idiot to assume that I'm just like they got. They got the best thing going in, in the NFL, and the NFL every year continues to make more and more money, and that's why the salary cap keeps going up and up. And and, and frankly, I mean, next to the Cowboys, I would feel like they have – the Chiefs have as many eyeballs on them as anybody else, especially with all the Taylor Swift stuff this, this past year. And I'm just like, they have to be printing money in Kansas City. And so that was stunning to me because – and let's just be honest and say, this is how I feel about all of it, and I probably overrate him, and that's fine, but – it also just shows you the power of Patrick Mahomes and just how great he is. Because you look at their yeah. roster and you're just like, yeah, it's good, but like, is it on dynasty level? I don't know about that. To win two Super Bowls after you move away from Tyreek Hill. I mean, what do you think the Cowboys are doing with that receiving core? I mean, obviously Kelsey's great and all that, but like, that's not like you look at that Kansas City roster and just go, oh well, yeah, you can pencil this team into the Super Bowl. I mean, I keep saying this and I'm probably wrong, but I'll just I'll, I'll tell you the same thing. I, I've, I've been telling our people, I really do think that Patrick Mahomes is so good that if you put him on the Carolina Panthers next season, he could get him in the playoffs. I'm probably wrong. He probably couldn't. But that's like the level I put him on. And when all that stuff came out, I felt that way even more. Um, but back to yeah. the Cowboys, I'll just, I'll just say that. I, I, do, I don't think it's the quality, like they think that they have bad trainers. I think it's what you said, the number. I think that they feel like they're, the players need, feel like there needs to be more training staff added, which obviously the Cowboys print money as well. So I don't think that should be an issue to help out in that area either. Yeah, to your point, Brady goes to the Bucks and wins a Super Bowl, right? I mean, it, it you know one of the greatest of all time, late, late in his career. So Mahomes, at the peak of his career, could probably go anywhere and have that you know some amazing impact. What about Jerry? I mean, somebody if if Jerry's on the bus and y'all get some time with him, and that may be happening any minute now. Tomorrow afternoon. Okay. Well, somebody has to ask the paternity question, which, you know, is uncomfortable. But uh, it, it is only the Cowboys and only Jerry, right, that that's like one of the big headlines on ESPN and everywhere else right now that he will have to submit for a uh, for paternity testing. And, uh, wow, that's, uh, again, I guess we should just be used to kind of crazy things going on with this organization. But, uh I anticipate, I guess, somebody has to bring that up with him, and he'll probably say, well, I can't talk about that, and then you move on. What are you, what are you anticipating, and what are you most interested to try to uh, talk to Jerry about? Yeah, no, I mean, everything you said there, it's a good point. I mean, and it, and it will be uh, addressed in some, some ways, but he's also, I mean, of the people I've been around, as is, is media savvy as anybody. So 
Um, I think he'll have a way of navigating around it. But, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to hear his remarks on that. Uh, like I said earlier, the all-in thing. He just, I mean, he explained it a, a decent ways at the Senior Bowl, but there needs to be some follow-ups on that. Like, how all-in are you talking? Um, and as you mentioned, the, the one-year contracts uh, with, with a guy like Zimmer, um, you know, things like that I think are probably at the top of the list. But it's tough because, you know, fans want you to be like, well, you know, you know, what do they do? What do they need to do different for the team to win in January? And yeah, those are valid questions. I just don't know. Okay, I'll give you a good example. If Jerry, if you ask Jerry that, what he's going to say, because he's, he's said it in different ways like this over the last five or six years, is that every year he looks at himself in the mirror and knows he has to change things. And so he's going to change. And he's changed every year. He's, and he always says this about how, like, I'm always constantly adjusting and doing things differently. I'm not, I am not running this team the same way today that I did you know, five years ago, just like not 15 or 20. And that's all fine, and it sounds good. But then you got that 29 years gap of not being into a, in a Super Bowl, not being in an NFC Championship game. The Lions are getting the NFC Championship game. So it's like he'll say things that will, you know, will be an answer, but it's like is there really anything significantly changing that we could tangibly see and, and know, hey, this is different? And I just don't get the sense that that's going to happen because this is – the way I feel, and I'm interested to hear your take on this. I feel like if you just went out and you, you let's say you get the DAC deal done and you overspend a little bit, let's say on a free agent, maybe make a couple moves, and they even if they backfire on you, I feel like fans would at least say, hey, you know what? At least they they, they win all. We knew they were going to take some chances. You know what? It might lead to them you know, taking a step back for a few years, but at least you have that season where you're like, hey, hard to argue. I mean, I know they didn't win, but man, they went all in. They made this move for this linebacker, this move for this defensive tackle. I mean, are, are, how do you feel about it? Do you think we're still criticizing them regardless? No, I think I think you ought to hold them to that standard of, of if you say you're all in, what you know, you're right to keep asking them about that. What does that mean? Is that, I mean, everybody knows you're going to have to pay Dak. Everybody knows you're going to have to pay Parsons. Lamb the same way. Like, is that what you mean? You're going to pay top dollar for your own players? Or does all in mean, like, I'm truly going to spend everything and try to, you know, leave no stone unturned? But, um, I, I, yeah. I, and, and, I, and you know what? And, and even when you say those players, like, they're all excellent players. No team is not trying to resign those three players. But you can also make the argument that all three of them didn't even come close to doing enough in that playoff game. So it's like when you tell fans that, they're not going to be like, yeah, that's great, and they're great, and they're the face of this team, but we obviously need more than that. And that's the part where I just – I do think they need more than that. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to try and sign their own. They might try and make like a middle-of-the-pack move, you know, to maybe add a veteran linebacker. And then I think they're going to try and fill the majority of their holes through the draft. And I just – to fans, I don't think that's enough for fans. And, and evaluating this team, covering this team, I don't think it's enough either if, they, if they're really trying to win a yeah, Zimmer, by the way, used to love little linebackers. When Parcells first got there, that's what he had. Coakley, Datwin. That'd be interesting to ask Jerry about that. Like, what, you know, at this draft, what are you looking for? Because they had, like, the Mighty Mites, and then Jerry tried to take them to, or, uh, you know, Bill tried to take them to DeMarcus Ware and, and obviously change what they were doing. But Zimmer was more comfortable, honestly, with smaller players, smaller, faster players. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting just because of the fact that do you really want to, let's say, I don't know, I don't think there's a linebacker in this 
in this draft. That's a first-round type linebacker that you would take at 24. But I think they're in play in the second round. But my, my question on that is, would you really take? You want another linebacker in that with that that's young? Like you have Overshone coming back. You have Damone Clark. They're both young guys. I feel like you need a veteran presence there. If Leighton Van Der Esch is is done uh, playing football, I feel like you need a veteran guy there. That's kind of a leader there in the middle not another young guy that you have to, I mean, where this team is now, it's about right now. It's not about like, let's develop this young linebacking core. It's like, yeah, no, you can do that. But I also think they need to add a, 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 like a veteran out there. And the problem is though, I don't know that they'll be willing to spend the money to get one of the more notable, you know, linebackers in free agency. Yeah. It was, it was Zimmer. What he does with Parsons is going to be kind of fascinating because they obviously yeah. used him in so many different ways, but maybe Zimmer has a little bit different plan but uh, well, that'll be great. What time is that happening tomorrow? I'll be uh, I'll be monitoring your Twitter handle as you start to pour out some of the uh, some of the quotes and things you find out from uh, from uh, from Jerry. What time is that happening? So so we don't know for certain. I'm thinking it's somewhere okay. between three to six Eastern time. Okay. So um, okay. that's probably somewhere in that ballpark. Um, but we yeah we don't know for sure yet. And there have been times where. We were supposed to get them Friday morning, and then we didn't. And then it moved to Friday night, and then next thing you know, we have it on you know Saturday morning. So because of that, um, I almost never leave before Saturday night, just because uh, it's the best. I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to oversell it, but it is one of the best media availabilities we get all throughout the year. I mean, training camp, obviously, but Jerry on the bus at the combine is is, is up there yeah. with anything that we do. So you, you got to be there for it. What was served at the Mike McCarthy lunch? Was it a was it was it a decent fare? Um, I mean, Matt, that's the one thing about the Cowboys. There's no like, it, you know. Here, I'll, uh, this is the best way to compare it for anybody that's ever been in the, uh, or at least heard about the way it is in the press box. They clearly set the tone, and their press box spread just blows everyone else away. And so, yeah, yeah same deal. You know, it's uh, steak and fish and whatever. You know, it's not. Uh, they're not. Uh, they're not uh, going cheap on any of that stuff like yeah. that. So I'm sure David Moore just turned that down, right? You remember he used to refuse to go to some of those uh, outings, did not yes. want to partake, did not want to partake in that. Meanwhile, the rest of us were eating all the sushi, <laughs> whatever kind of Johnny Walker they had back there. But uh, but anyway, it, it, riders hey, are you interesting. Don't, hey, some... hey, you don't have to eat it if you don't want, but, I mean, you should be there for at least the conversation to get some good stuff out of there, you know. And, Absolutely. And this, this did not Just disappoint. Mo- I mean, it was good. A little surf and turf. I like yes, that. Yes, sir. I like that combination. And Mike, I'm sure Mike was just almost breathing hard coming out of, uh, you know, all that scheme work and then needing to get back in there because he didn't even have time to come to the combine. So always good for Mike to – uh, when he get when he digs in like this, boy, I had some late nights at the combine. I mean, and you, to your point, they were great. They were a lot of fun, hanging out with people. I was never great though at that. I would then schedule like a seven thirty or seven forty five breakfast with certain no. coaches, and no, don't. I was, yeah, and I did not always. One time, I stood up the Cowboys O line coach and mm. the Cowboys quarterbacks coach for a breakfast and i got a call in the room mostly where are you and yeah i was i was not we you know we just you got to be out you got to be out late and that's where you run into people and uh yes sir and and, but you got you got to be willing to get up that next morning and and i had one particular morning where it did not 
did not work out for me. But uh, the combine is uh, that's a good time. One night, Ian Rappaport, I think I told you that story. He was wearing me out. I was trying to talk to Todd Haley, the head coach of the Chiefs, and this little guy I barely knew kept coming into the conversation, and he was trying to bring us drinks, and I literally kind of shoot him away like a fly. Like, hey, that's enough. That's enough. We're okay. We're just talking back here. We're trying to, you know, because I knew Todd, and he was a friend. And uh, and who did that turn out to be? But the NFL Network's on Ian Rappaport. So I think he was on to something, right? He knew. He knew even then. What He's got what, it figured out, up. man. He's as plugged in as anybody. He's very plugged in. I mean, it's almost it's almost Mosley-like. But, uh, all right, uh, John, appreciate it. Have a great time out there. And uh, never hesitate to go over to that Conrad, by the way. Peter King, who okay. just announced his retirement, that is his place. He put me on to that one year. He said, people don't know about this in Indianapolis, but the Conrad okay. is a beautiful place to stay. It's part of the Hilton family. But uh, just go take a peek at that sometime, John. That's a it's a nice it's a nice alternative. I'm a, I'm a Marriott guy, but yeah, I'll I'll look into it. Yeah, just look in the window or something. With a nice little uh, down the pool, indoor pool, beautiful indoor pool scene with the uh, lap pool and that kind of thing. Uh, all right, uh, John, have a great one, and uh, appreciate you doing this. <laughs> no problem, Matt. Take it easy. You bet, John Mashoda from uh, the Athletic. We were together back in the day at the morning news. He's at the Athletic doing his thing, covering the Cowboys. We are live at the Baylor Club. <laughs>